Follow Me Kids. We're studying John two through four. Ye must be born again, but we like to call it what John called it, the beginning of miracles. There are actually three stories about Jesus this week, and all three stories have to do with the same thing. To find out what they have in common, let's start with a game. Isaac's going to do his best to pronounce this specific word in several languages. Can you guess what the word is? In Croatian, you would say voda. In Danish, this word is pronounced vend. In Arabic, it's ma. In Indonesian, it's called air. In Filipino, you say tubi. In French, it's called o. In Italian, you'd ask for aqua. In Japanese, you say mizu. In Korean, it's called muo. In Spanish, it's named agua. What word is in all of our stories this week? Water. I got it. Here's water. Here's some water. So up until now, we know that Jesus got baptized. He went into the wilderness to fast and commune with God. He resisted Satan's temptations, and he called some of his apostles. But he hasn't done any miracles yet. Do you guys know what Jesus' very first public miracle was? Chapter 12, The Wedding in Cana Jesus Christ and His disciples attended a wedding feast in Cana. Mary, Jesus' mother, was there. She told Jesus that there was no more wine for the guests. Jesus respected and loved His mother. He asked her what she wanted Him to do. Mary told the servants at the wedding to do whatever Jesus told them to do. Jesus told the servants to fill six large stone jars with water. Each jar held between 18 and 27 gallons, 68 and 102 liters. He then turned the water into wine. He told the servants to take wine from the jars and serve it to the ruler of the feast. The ruler of the feast was surprised when he drank the wine. The best wine was usually served at the beginning of a feast, but this time, the best wine was served last. This is the first recorded miracle that Jesus performed during his life on earth. He did it to help his mother. It also helped strengthen the faith of his disciples. So at the wedding, Mary turned to Jesus for help. And she probably was respectfully expecting a miracle. According to the Joseph Smith translation, Jesus responded to his mother by asking, Woman, what wilt thou have me to do for thee that will I do? For my now is not yet come. Why does he call her woman? The title woman may sound harsh to us modern readers, but back in the olden days, calling someone woman was actually a title of respect. When Mary asked Jesus for help, he responded, Mine hour is not yet come. What does that mean? 
Well, it's not clear from John's writing exactly what Jesus meant by his reply, that his hour had not yet come. Um, It's possible that Jesus was referring to some near future event, such as the beginning of his public ministry. Jesus actually says the same thing at the end of his mortal ministry. When Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, and before leaving for Gethsemane, he prayed, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. So we see this phrase repeated throughout John's writings, and this helps us see the end from the beginning. So first, Jesus changes water into wine. That's his first miracle, and that's to satisfy physical thirst. Then in the end, he uses sacramental wine to represent his atoning blood, which makes eternal life possible and caused all of us who believe in him to never thirst again. So what do you guys think this story teaches us? Addie, any ideas? Well, Jesus is an example of how we should treat our mothers. He was interested in routine pressures that women faced. Jesus Christ honored his mother by offering to help her with burdens and responsibilities. What a beautiful lesson we learned from Mary. When in need, seek after and trust in Jesus Christ, who has all the power. Can you guys think of something your mother might need help with this week? We challenge you to be like Jesus and do it! Okay, game time. Continuing with our water theme, can you guys guess these water sounds? Dripping water in a cave. Water pouring into a cup. Rain on a car roof. Boiling water. Emptying a tub. Water at the beach. Walking in water. A running shower. A toilet flushing. Jumping into a pool. Okay, for our next story, we're going to learn about a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. That means he was a ruler of the Jews. Many Pharisees did not believe that Jesus Christ was sent by God. 
They were worried that the people would stop listening to them and would follow Jesus instead. Nicodemus believed that Jesus was the Savior because of the miracles that Jesus did. So, in the darkness of night, Nicodemus came to talk with the Savior. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles which thou doest, except God be with him. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Jesus told him that no one could enter the kingdom of God unless he was born again. And Nicodemus did not understand what Jesus meant. How could a person be born again? So here we are back with our water theme. Jesus said we would have to be born of water and born of the spirit to enter the kingdom of God. What do you think that means? The first two ordinance on the covenant path. Being baptized is being born of water, and being confirmed to receive the Holy Ghost is being born of the Spirit. We need to be baptized and confirmed to return to live with Heavenly Father. When we're baptized, which Jesus called being born of water, we receive a remission of our sins, and we can enter the kingdom of God. Taking the sacrament every week is a way to continue this process of being born again. So this week, when you guys take the sacrament, think about Jesus and all he did for you so you can return to live with Heavenly Father again someday. Hi, my name is Bridger and I live in Pennsylvania. When we lived in heaven, we chose to follow Jesus and be born on earth as a baby. Being baptized is how we choose to follow Jesus while living on earth. I'm excited, I'm so excited to get baptized in a few weeks and make a covenant to follow Jesus. Hi, my name is Elsie Joe. When my baby brother was born, he was so cute and perfect. I could tell Heavenly Father was with him. When I get baptized, Heavenly Father can be with me. As the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hi, my name is Adeline. I live in Pennsylvania and I am nine years old. 
When we are born, we are perfect and clean, and maybe a bit noisy. We are innocent and depend on our earthly parents to survive. When we are baptized and confirmed, we become clean. We are immersed in water as well as the spirit. After we are baptized, we become perfect and innocent until we make a mistake. We depend on Heavenly Father and Jesus to get us to the celestial kingdom. Time for another game. Let's play Choose Your Own Adventure, Desert Style. Have you guys ever been super hot and super thirsty? We lived in a desert area for a few years, and we can certainly relate to the people of Jerusalem living in an area surrounded by hot desert. Today, we're transporting you to the desert. But we aren't just taking you there. We are stranding you there. Make a choice to see if you can find your way out safely. All of these choices have to do with finding water to keep you alive on your journey. So let's see how you do. Don't worry if you make a wrong choice. This is just for fun. Here we go. All right, you've been in the desert with no water for hours. You are so thirsty. Up ahead, you see some plants with fruit on them. Woohoo! Which fruit should you eat? A prickly pear cactus fruit or a desert thorn apple? Well, if you pick the prickly pear cactus, you must know that it's been a Central American dietary staple for thousands of years. That means people have been eating it a long time. Good job. If you chose the desert thorn apple, it's actually loaded with poisonous and toxic alkaloids that can kill you. So when in doubt, spit it out. You literally spit on me. Okay, time to continue down through the desert looking for water. That fruit was good, but in a few hours, oh, you're so thirsty again. It's hot. Maybe if you followed some tracks or an animal, that could lead you to some water. Up ahead, you see a tortoise and a few bees. Which do you choose to follow, the tortoise or the bees? If you chose the tortoise, you'll be disappointed. In the Mojave and Sonoran deserts, Several tortoise species survive off their urine. During droughts, the tortoise can reabsorb water from its urine to endure a year or longer without a drink. Yeah. You won't find water with that tortoise. If you chose the bees, you're the bee's knees. Did you know that they can lead you straight to a fresh water source? Bees often fly in straight lines between water sources and the hive. Okay, the bees led you to a little bit of water, which was better than nothing, but you need more water and fast. That sun is intense. Now you have a choice to make. Which way do you get out of here? There are two land masses in opposite directions. Which one should you head for? Do you climb over the sand dunes or climb through a slot canyon? Sorry to say there's very little chance of finding water in the sand dunes. If you chose the slot canyon, way to be smart about your search for water. Not only can you now spend the hottest part of your day in a shady location away from the wind, but canyons and rock bases could be home to a pool of water. You made it. You deserve a nice cold glass of water.
Was it hard crossing the desert? Mm-hmm, very hard. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could find a drink that quenched our thirst forever? Well, did you know that's actually possible? Take a listen to our third story about Jesus. Jesus left Jerusalem to go into Galilee. He traveled through Samaria and came to a well. He was tired and he rested by the well. A Samaritan woman came to get some water. Jesus asked her to give him a drink. Since Jews usually did not talk with Samaritans, the woman was surprised. Jesus told the woman that he could give her a kind of water that would cause her never to thirst again. He explained that he was the Savior. The water he could give her was the living water of eternal life. The woman went to the city and told many people about Jesus. They went to the well and listened to Jesus themselves. Many of them believed his words. So the first time the Lord acknowledges himself to be the Christ, it was to the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Why did he choose her? Well, the Jews looked down on Samaritans. When they were traveling from Galilee to Judea, they usually walked all the way around Samaria. It was several extra miles. They would do that just to avoid it. But the scriptures say that Jesus left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. He chose to go through Samaria, through the town with people that the Jews judged and hated. Then the fact that this woman was at the well in the middle of the day was because she was an outcast in Samaria. Most women would go get their water early in the morning before it was too hot. But this woman had made a lot of bad choices in her life and she was disliked. So she went to the well when no one else was there. So why her? Well, representing the lowest of the low, a female in a male-centered society, a race traditionally despised by the Jews, and living in shame as a social outcast, she was the least likely person you'd expect Jesus to declare he was the Messiah to first. But not only does she have a holy encounter with Christ, but her testimony then convinces an entire town to believe too. The Savior's promise to that woman extends to all of Heavenly Father's children, by living the gospel of Jesus Christ, we develop within ourselves a living spring that will quench eternally our thirst for happiness, peace, and everlasting life. The Lord explains this clearly in the Doctrine and Covenants. But unto him that keepeth my commandments, I will give the mysteries of my kingdom, and the same shall be in him a well of living water, springing up unto everlasting life. Hi, my name is Scarlett, and I'm seven years old. I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, my name is Shiloa. I'm nine years old. My name is Sheldon. I'm four years old. What are some things that satisfy you in the moment? Food, my family, and watching TV and playing video games. Eating my candy, playing with my friends and my sisters. Having fun playing and doing fun stuff. <laughs> okay, what things are like living water that can satisfy us forever? 
this scriptures. Being baptized, going to the temple, being with your family, doing lots of prayers, and reading the scriptures, and taking the sacrament. My baptism, a baptism for the dead, the sacrament, going to church. So how is the gospel like water? The gospel is like water because it leads you on the right path and water, it goes in a path to a waterfall. Like is a waterfall is where it ends, which is like Jesus where it ends. Leads you to Jesus. He's calm and whispers and doesn't shout and water when it's not at a waterfall, it goes slow and it's kind of like Jesus. Thanks, friends. Remember, Jesus Christ and his gospel give life to our spirits, just as water gives life to our bodies. So to finish, what are you going to do this week? Remember to respect and help your mother. That would be lovely. And remember, when Jesus said he would help her, Mary said to the servants at the wedding, Whatsoever he saith unto you, see that ye do it. If we are willing to do whatever Jesus says, he can perform miracles in our lives. If we have faith to believe and do what he asks, he can change us from what we were into what we can become, like him. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Stay on the cut.